This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. And now, the new home of the Chicago Bears. We are live from the State Street Old National Bank Studio, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. Welcome to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. It's Black and Abdallah on a Wednesday night, hanging out with you from 6 to 8 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Lots to get to tonight, Abdallah. Uh, We have news from House Hall from earlier today. Justin Fields will play this weekend against the Detroit Lions. He was a full participant today in practice. Justin Fields spoke to the media. It seems like everything is all go, and now the Bears can focus in on the final seven weeks. Can they salvage something from this season? To this point, it's been very disappointing. We've discussed some of the most disappointing teams in the league to this point this season, Buffalo being one. Uh, We discussed uh, Denver last week. They got a big win on Monday night. But the Chicago Bears have an opportunity here to really change the opinion of this season. It starts with this game against the Lions, an extremely tough opponent, one of the better teams in the NFC. Justin Fields will be back this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, But I think that if you want to change what the people's opinions are of this team and of you as a quarterback and of you as a coaching staff and uh, of this organization, you go out and come back after not having four weeks off but being injured for four weeks and you make a statement and you beat the Lions. Look, they're not there's there is the any given Sunday element, right? Um, but this is a different animal, pun intended, than the uh Bears have faced yet this season. I mean, this is a team that is top ten in DVOA on both sides of the ball, right? They have a great offense. They have an even better defense. Uh, they're great against the run. And if you go through the Bears' wins, the way they win is having over like 165 yards on the ground. If they don't have over 165 yards, they haven't won the game yet this year. So, like, it's going to be tough against a team that stops the run. This is going to be on Justin and not on his legs. It's going to be on that throwing hand that was hurt for the last four weeks. So it's going to be a very tall task to ask the Bears to try to win this game. Their defense has been playing very well when they play lesser opponents, not when they play better offenses and decent quarterbacks, which the the Lions have a very good offense. This is going to be a very tough game. This is going to be a tough atmosphere for Fields to play in, one, coming back. And two, this is, I mean, it's a divisional game. And you're in a very, very loud place going out to Detroit. Earlier today at House Hall, this is Justin Fields meeting the media. Feels pretty good, um, you know. So I'm um, just getting back into things. Feel good. Feels good to throw. Um, arm feels fresh, but um, yeah, feel good. And you know, I'm taped it up today at practice, so we'll see how it's feeling on Sunday to whether I need tape or not. But um, I try to glove at first, just because you don't have to grip the ball as much, you know, without a glove or with the glove so um but i didn't really feel too comfortable with the glove on so so it's just some fields any pain in the thumb still yeah i mean it's not 100 percent, but um you know it feels feels good um there's still a little bit of healing left but it's stable um you know and like i said it's it's good i think it's pretty easy adam as we look at the situation for the bears and with justin fields you know some of the talking points we've had for the last year 
is this idea on a timeline on when the Bears have to figure out whether or not Justin Fields is the guy or is not the guy. And what a lot of those conversations come down to is like, well, he'll get this next season to figure it out. He'll get the entire 2023 year to figure it out. And to me, what makes this real nice and tidy and real nice and easy to figure out is it's the next seven games. We'll have our answer. It's either he's going to do it, he'll become a great quarterback, he'll play really well for these seven weeks, and he'll change our opinions and our minds and hopefully their minds, and and the organization will have a quarterback for the future, or they're going to be drafting a quarterback at the top of the draft in May when we get to that point. It's real easy. We've had a year of conversations on this radio station. We've had a year of opinions, takes, wait and see. Let's see how it goes. However you want to phrase it. It's now. This is it. And and you laid it out. Detroit is a really good team. Tough environment. Mm -hmm. Put up or shut up. This is the time. If Fields is ever going to figure it out, the next seven games for the Chicago Bears is when this is going to happen. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, it's going to be real easy for all of us, who, anyone who calls, for you, me, for any uh, of our other uh, friends on the station with opinions on the team. It's going to be easy. If he doesn't perform well in the next seven weeks, we'll have our answer, and the Bears will have to draft the quarterback in the spring. It's going to be weird, too, because if he does play well, like let's say they go 5-2 and two somehow, right? Maybe they don't win this week. Maybe they beat the Lions at home. You know, there's still winnable games. I mean, the Browns just lost Deshaun Watson, but that defense is insane. Uh, you've got the Cardinals. You've got the Falcons. You've got the Vikings with Josh Dobbs. He's played well. We'll see how long that lasts. But the Vikings defense really handed it to the Bears in their first game this season. And you've got the Packers, who are a completely different team than the team you lost to the first week. Like, that's a winnable game. So let's say they go 5-2, and 4-3, and three, whatever. But even in those losses, Fields looks good. They're in the game. They've got opportunities to win at the end, but the defense just lets them down or whatever. It'll be interesting to see whether Ryan Poles comes to the podium at the end of the season and says, Matt Eberflus is coming back. We're sticking with Justin. Like, I don't think he's going to tip his hand like that, right? I don't think he's going to say we're bringing... I think he's going to say, hey, we're going to explore all options. Like, we'll get a definitive answer on Matt Eberflus on the Monday after that last game uh, on you know January 7th, on January 8th, Monday, January 8th. We'll get a definitive answer on, on Eberflus. But I think it's going to be very difficult for fans to stomach Matt Eberflus coming back. Like, I think... I, I'd say, like, 90% of fans are resigned to the fact that he's going to be gone at the end of the year and want him gone at the end of the year. And I still believe... That if you bring in a new a new quarterback, he should be gone. Like you should start over with a new coaching staff. But they have a chance. Like if they win four more games, that's seven wins. That's four more than last year. I don't think Eberflus is getting fired if they win seven games. Yeah, I mean, now you and I before this season, we both thought the Bears could get to eight, if not nine wins. That, that's where you and I had them in the summer. They've been extremely disappointing to this point. Mm-hmm. With that said, it's still on the table. It's tough. It's still on it's, the table. Yeah, though. mathematically, yeah. Mathematically. Yeah. Here, here's where, where I would then respond to myself and say, you know, the, the one thing that Eberflus has kind of shown us is that he's not ready. Like, like this team won't be ready. I would imagine Detroit's going to run all over us 
in the first quarter, and, and the Bears will be down by two scores, and that crowd will be going nuts, and it will be once again Eberflus in a big spot, team as a big underdog. They're not prepared to win. They're not prepared to play because that's what we've seen from him to this point in his two years. That's all we've seen. Mm-hmm. They don't surprise and delight. They don't, they don't win the games that are unexpected. They don't give you a performance you didn't see coming. That's not what this group is. No, they don't. And, and so, like, I agree. If they get to seven, I think he's back. I, I also don't think it's as much of a guarantee that he's gone at the end of the year unless out of these seven games, Bears win one. Well, if, if they finish with four wins, you can't bring Matt Eberflus back. There's no way. I mean, statistically... It's going to be a tough game. Like, just digging into the numbers, the Lions are fourth in yards per play on offense. They're third in rushing yards allowed per game. Their defense is third in rushing yards allowed per game. Now, they're 20th in passing yards allowed per game. That's why I said Justin Fields has an opportunity to go out and really, you know, take control of this game because he could go out there and if they... You know, the thumb has been medically cleared, the hand is is fixed and everything like that and healed and all that kind of stuff. So if he goes out there and plays well, sure, they can hang in this game. I'm concerned about this one stat. The Bears are the 11th most penalized team in the NFL. You're going into, like, I wish it was a joke, but it sums up everything about this team that they got a false start when taking victory formation at the end of the game last Thursday. Got a false start. Kneeling the football when all the Panthers fans were gone. Yeah, that's a you're tough, at home. It's a tough act. To There's follow. no noise whatsoever. You're at home. Everybody's cheering for the Bears, and you got a false start pet. Like it didn't matter, obviously. But you're going into a loud environment. You might have to go silent count. Like there's a lot that's involved with this, and this is the 11th most penalized team in the NFL. Like I want them to not play a sloppy football game. But this has all the makings of false start. Now you're first in 15. Then you're first in 20. Now you're first in, you know what I mean? Like it just has the makings of that kind of a football game where Lions fans are the most excited they've ever been. Ever. Ever. They're traveling. They're loud. This is the best team they've ever had. And they smell blood when the Bears are coming in. Bob and Julia, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bob? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Have either of you guys dislocated a finger, ankle, or wrist before? I uh, probably. I'm thinking okay. I, I've definitely you, done some stuff to my ankle back in the day rem- when I was I playing think basketball. You'd remember it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Severe sprains. I lo- yeah. I dislocated a finger and broke an ankle. They're never the same. They're never. No one's talking about this. Is a thumb. My little finger, I feel like it's floating. Uh, it's, it never regained its strength. This is a thumb. Here's where fields will be suspect. 15, 20 yards uh, down and out. You got to spiral. You got to hold it tightly. That thumb is not going to be able to, to, um, to do that. No one talk, talks about that. It's the first thing I thought of. So just, just wonder about your comments of uh, – any broken, uh, fractured limbs or what you guys think of that um, comment? Yeah, I, I think, uh, Bob, and thanks for the phone call. The, the one thing I, I do want to point out, professional athletes are not built like Bob and Juliet or Black here in the studio or Abdallah sitting across the studio from me. Professional athletes have the best medical assistants and, yeah. and those trainers and everyone working on the thumb. Like, he is getting the best attention that is 
available. I wish I could get that humans. kind of medical attention for like a week. Just yeah, be like, my no, back like, hurts. Like, so like when you see a player that like does something that in your everyday life you would have to deal with for three or four months, mm-hmm. they're doing all kinds of different treatments and getting all kinds of help that all of us can't afford to do like can and i go to hallis with Juan and sylvie tomorrow and be like hey might. whenever i yes. do this my shoulder pops yes, yes you kevin, can go. kevin would like you to go for him well you can you can go into the trainer's room kevin and just be like my yeah. back hurts i got this weird like sound in my knee and just see what they'll do for you <laughs> i i don't know i'm not i'm not necessarily worried what i would be worried is short term is if fields rushes back and the thumb isn't 100 percent and he hurts it again i'm more here, worried. here in the next couple weeks i'm worried about the zip on the football like well, if that's kind of what to, Bob was saying. But that's yeah. my point. Like if not not like throwing the floater down the field, you know? I'm worried about if you need if you've got like seven yards to Cole Komet and you need to fit that into a tight window and throw it hard and fast, like that kind of throw where like you need to be really aggressive with it. I feel like that is what's going to be most difficult for fields. Darren listening in Iowa on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Darren? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, the reason I did call though, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to win another game. I. I want to go out and I just want the Bears get squashed in every game we play. Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit, at at, at Cleveland, home against Arizona. We might win one game, and that might be against Green Bay the last game of the season because they're pathetic. Um, other than that, I want the Bears to get squashed every game we play because. Everybody's saying in Chicago, well, we got to win some games. Let's win a game. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's win some games. Let's bring Bruce back next year. I don't want that because if we start winning some games, Brian Poles is going to stand up to the side. You know what? He won five games. We're going to bring him back for another year, and then we're going to draft a quarterback, and then there we go. We're going to be in the same boat we are in this year. Let's don't win a game. Let's get killed. I don't care how many points we get beat by I don't want to win another game. Darren, does uh, it sound like a broken record? Yeah, you. Yeah, you will. I, I just want to ask you this question: Has the losing ever gotten to you out in Iowa? I mean, here in the city, I'm sick of losing. Every team sucks. Every That's team stinks. Why. I'm tired of losing. I would yeah. like to win something. I'm tired of losing. All right, I just I'm want to make sure that the, the the L's are getting to you out there in the cornfields. Just want to make sure they're making they their way out getting, there. They are getting to me. That's why I'm saying. We don't need flus back next year. I think we need to go into a different direction. And I love Jim Harbaugh a lot, but I don't know if the McCaskies will allow that to happen. But there's a guy I really like a lot coaching, and I've and I've watched Detroit Lions play offense against uh, San Diego, and that Ben Johnson he really intrigues me a lot. That guy can do wonders with a quarterback. Look at Jared sure. Goff um, sure. from L.A. Rams. To Detroit, Stunned. John McFay couldn't do much with him, and now Ben Johnson got a hold of him. He's playing like a I mean, they, type they quarterback. got to a Super Bowl with him. They they went to a Super exactly. Bowl with with Goff. Exactly, but you know what? Drake May and Ben Johnson, Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's go. Is that your three pack? Thanks, That's your three pack. I mean, he there he is. There's Darren. It won't be hard if the Bears lose the rest of their games to get you those two my guys. Point. I wanted yeah. to make sure the L's are getting to him no, out there. I know, in the, I know. the plains and, of America. I feel like a lot of people I'm feel like Darren does. This city. I, I feel like a lot of people feel like that. That they want change in this organization. They've seen enough of Fields. They've seen enough of Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, and they want 
change. And I don't, you know what? I don't blame them for that. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I hope that's not for me. No, I just, I, I, think, it, I think it felt necessary okay. for the last uh, call that we received. It's All Blocking right. Up Doll on a Wednesday night. If you want to join us, you can call us at 312-332-3776. More of your phone calls coming up next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. with Black and Abdallah. What's up, Matt? We're talking Bears. Go ahead. Hey, Black and Abdallah. Thanks for taking my phone call. What I was talking is regarding what you guys were just discussing is with Matt Eberfus and Justin Fields. I have like a dichotomy in myself where I don't know what I should be doing. I am a Bears fan, and then, you know, I believe more in Justin Fields than I do Matt Eberfus. And so I want the Bears to win, of course. I'm like like with you, Black. I, I hate the losses. I'm tired of losses. But if Ryan Poles is saying what he's saying, like last week, that there is a chance that Matt Eberflus might be back, I, I just can't believe in this coaching system no more. I just don't believe in Matt Eberflus, so I don't know what to do if I should be rooting for losses or if I should yeah. be rooting for wins. But I am just so torn in myself because I am, like I said, I am a Bears fan, and I do believe more in Justin than I do Matt Eberflus. All right, Matt. Hey, here's how I'll answer the question. Thanks for the phone call. I, I'd say to clarify, uh, Ryan Poles didn't say. Eberflus is back next season. He, he didn't say he's that. He's doing a good job. He just gave him some compliments. Yeah, look, he's on not... what was going on. He didn't address whether or not he was going to fire the coach at the end of the season. That's he not what not he did. He was not going to come week. out and say he's doing a poor job. He wasn't going to do that. And Courtney Cronin told us that she doesn't believe any of it. Yeah, we kind of talked about that on the the podcast last week. The Bears week. podcast. We, we both, we, all three of us, were like, "Yeah, we it didn't really mean much." I thought it was called the dreaded vote of confidence for a reason. Yeah, right. I, so here's how I'll answer uh, Matt's question. This is the way that I'm approaching it. I want to see this team win games. I'm sick of the losing. I do understand this idea that if you lose out or you're really bad, you'll have a higher draft pick. I understand all of that. What's nice here in this one specific year is that we have Carolina's pick and they are likely to be the worst team in the league. Therefore, you can still get your number one pick and still have some form of progress here down the stretch. I'm rooting for wins. I want to see this team win. I'm sick of the losing. I want to see development at the quarterback position. I want to see this defense come together here at the end. They played well in the last few weeks, the last month. I like that. If Eberflus somehow gets something out of this group in the final seven games, I'm okay with it. Do I think he's the long-term answer for head coach for this team? No, but I would prefer to see some wins and build something up than just say everything needs to be burned to the ground, everyone needs to go, and let's start over again for the 50th time in my lifetime. I am sick of that. I hate it. I am sick of it. I want to see a team try to win games. I'm so sick of the wishing and hoping for the draft. I know. And let's fire coaches. And let's get this hot guy candidate. And let's do this. Oh, look at this OC over here. Maybe he could be the next guru. I'm sick of it. I get it. I want to win some games. I get it. And I think when I say this, Shay Norling might drive to the studio and punch me in the face. But can I wait for this week to play out? Right? 
Can I see? Because here's no, the thing, No, because right? I'm not going to no, change no, no. my opinion next I week. I'm I don't want to see them I beat am. Minnesota. No, no, no. Here's, but here's how it works, right? If they, This is the healthiest that they've been in a long time. You've got your offensive line comes back healthy, right? You've got Nate Davis back. You move Tevin Jenkins back over. You've got Lucas Patrick at center. Like, this is the healthiest this offensive line has been. You've got your running backs are playing really well. All your wide receivers are healthy. You've got your defense is starting to get healthier. Tremaine Edmonds isn't going to be there, but Jack Sanborn's been pretty good. So, and now you've got Montez Sweat. Fields is coming back. Like, if they get run out of the gym, then it's like, all right, I'm done. Lose. I don't care. We need like it's better for the organization for them to lose more games and then everyone's gone because like I don't want to see them lose on Sunday and then they rattle off a bunch of wins and they're like well we just had to get right for one game and just you know figure it out and then they and then off the last six games because if they come out and they actually play well the defense looks good against a very high powered offense and Justin Fields looks good after the four weeks coming back from injury and he's getting the ball out faster, then I'll be like, okay, this is something now. Like this is like, it's this game to me is very pivotal because the next four games, you play the lions twice who have the ninth best defense. You play the Vikings who have the eighth best defense and you play the Browns who have the best defense in the NFL. Like these four games are it. That's it. The, the Cardinals and the Falcons and the Packers that might not matter. Because if you don't get through these four games, like those BS wins at the end of the season are only messing up your draft position and nothing else. How are Be- the quarterbacks in those matchups? In what matchups? The four games you just mentioned. Doesn't matter. I think it matters a little. It doesn't matter because they lost to the Vikings when Kirk Cousins was out there. No, they I lost. My, they lost. my point is there's opportunity there. Okay. They lost when Kirk Cousins was out there. Jared Goff's good. Okay. You play him twice. He's not elite. Okay. And then you have Josh Dobbs. Yeah. And then you have what? Dorian Thompson Robinson, perhaps, for, for the For this week, at least, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have an opportunity. I, sure. Which leans into this idea. This is, it's go time for Eberflus, for the defense, for the quarterback. Like, produce. I'm just going to let this week play out. <laughs> Where did I hear that before? Mike and LaGrange, you're on ESPN maybe 1000. It's a, maybe it's a chair. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, first off, I just hope my man in Iowa is mixing in a water. Uh, <laughs> secondly, um, I wanted to address uh, Bob's call. Uh, I had two major orthopedic surgeries in my time, including a hand surgery. And I, what I would, what I, what a lot of people don't understand is essentially they have different access to doctors and specialists yeah. and they're the cream of the crop. When you're an every man like myself, you essentially get, you get, um, you know, refer to the surgeon for whatever hospital or doctor that you you went to. And that surgeon's, you know, uh, priority is number one, pain, and number two, everyday function, not necessarily athletic function. So I don't really buy, oh, it's never going to be the same because Justin Fields didn't get the same treatment that I got. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. The, the treatment that professional athletes get is absolute top-notch. Yeah. So uh, I would not be surprised if Justin... You know, maybe he'll have some pain for the rest of this season. 
He may aggravate it again at some well, point during yeah. the season, but in the off season, I would imagine he'll he'll be good. Think about this: they get MRIs, Thanks, and they get MRIs the next day. You know how long it takes to get into an MRI? Well, it takes to yeah, make it takes an appointment. A I mean, we'll, make an appointment we'll, to get an they, MRI. They do the X-rays right there at the stadium. Yeah. Every NFL stadium has X-ray machines. Maybe so. I can get in faster if I just show up to Soldier Field. And I'm like, hey. I need to, someone's got to look at my shoulder. You got a problem with the shoulder? Yeah, it's making like a noise and it's, it's, oh, like, that's good. It's not, no. It's the like crunching. Tight. There's a crunching noise. Like in there? Yurko got in there the other day and like it helped a little bit. Like there's something wrong with my, there was something, you know, like, like by the, we were playing golf this summer. By the time we'd get to the last two holes, like it was on fire. I was rubbing a lot of weed bomb on there. I couldn't tell your game looked the same. How'd yours game this year? It was bad. Yeah, it was, it okay. was a that was a brutal summer. You're sure, there's not something wrong with your your shoulder. No, it's just I'm bad at golf. Okay. It, like what a disappointing. Like all you think about. And I'm talking specifically for myself. Mm-hmm. All I think about all year with this crappy weather in the winter is like I can't wait for golf season. And then you get out there and you play. And my handicap went up the entire summer. The entire summer, my handicap went up. Yeah. That is so disappointing. It's like a complete wasted year of golf. <laughs> That's how I feel. Nick in Indiana, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nick? Good evening, gentlemen. Now, I got to preface this by saying I don't think there is any way Eberflus stays with the Bears, but we've seen the Bears do things that don't make sense before. Sure. But what happens if he gets retained? with the defensive coordinator position because there's no way they're going to let him just continue to be the defensive coordinator, right? Yeah, I would imagine he'll hire a defensive coordinator yeah, here in the offseason. He definitely yeah. will. Definitely will. So by that token, is this somebody that you know maybe we should keep an eye on, or is this something like when the Sox were trying to hire uh, Alomar to be like the guy in line for just in case they do need to fire Eberflus then yeah. next year for the interim type guy that then they win a bunch of games and they remove the tag and then the guy ends up being a dud anyways. Cause that's no, because I think, fair, I think question, they, fair question. Thanks for the call, Nick. I think they clean house, right? This is a guy that Flus brought in and I think they just clean house. I would like. I would imagine this too. If how about Nick calling in? Nick if, calls in. Shout out to Nick. He's always in the Twitch chat. Yeah. Uh, I know Travis Wacker's trying to to coordinate with him. Do you know that Nick won the a TV do. at one of Shay's trivia nights? I do. I think he got all of them cor- every question correct. He got every single question correct. How about that? Good job, Nick. I saw Travis on my way in standing on Lake Street with a very large television. Oh, oh maybe he it, got a TV. Maybe, maybe could have uh, been for old Nick. I, it may have been because I know that he was trying to coordinate with Travis because uh, he won a few weeks back. Uh, what was it? It was the the night that uh, Shea was out on uh, Southport. No, that was the that was the night, that he, night he came in uh, as a ringer for someone oh, and they the didn't out, win. Uh, yeah, P-crib? yeah, and they didn't win. He's in the Twitch chat too. Yeah, they uh, didn't win. I'd say this: I would imagine if Iberflus is back next year, polls is pretty sold on Iberflus overall. In that there won't be a change in season next year. See, this is, is that my for a way to look at it. This is my problem. Like, if you're going to bring him back, you're not firing him after a poor start next season. See, that's my problem. Because then with, you're throwing the whole thing is, into if, flux. If you decide that Fields isn't the guy, but the defense is playing better, so you're like, all right, Eberflus has kind of turned this thing around, and then you bring him in. Are you bringing him in just to fire him at the end of next year or in the middle of next year? Like, 
that's why if you draft a new quarterback, you need a new coach. You have to line them up. I want a new offensive-minded head coach if they go that way, if they decide to fire Eberflus, and I want him aligned on what quarterback they should bring in. Like, you can't say, well, you better get it right next year, Eberflus, because we're spending a lot of draft capital on a quarterback, and if you don't, you're gone, because then you're back to where we are now. you got to bring in a coach who wants to work with the quarterback, and it's like it's the same circle that we're in every single time. Time, is a, flat, time is a flat circle, man. Oh, I see. Uh, the more I think about it, I'm not going to lie, the more I want Harbaugh. I, dude, the I, more I think about it, I do. I want a hard-nosed, I do. defensive-minded yeah. team. That I, takes no crap. Listen, he could he could have he could have taken the, the plays. more I think about it. He could have taken the playbook out of the garbage can and used it. I wouldn't care. The more I think about it, I'm leaning Harbaugh. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. We're talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. It's Black and Abdallah weeknights, 6 day, right here on ESPN 1000. We'll continue with the Bears. I do want to mention this. Uh, the Bulls host the Orlando Magic tonight at 7 o'clock at the United Center. Uh, there is more updated information about Zach Levine and the trade rumors from yesterday. Sham Sharania reporting that the Bulls and the player, Zach Levine, are open to possibly uh, talking about a trade at some point this season. Things are not going well for the Bulls at this moment. Uh, Joe Cowley earlier today in the Sun-Times floated a possible idea that a team that the Bulls could maybe trade with would be the New Orleans Pelicans, and the star player would be Zion Williamson. Uh, That was in Joe Cowley's piece earlier today. He also had uh, information in the piece that uh, you know his teammates – uh, have kind of looked at Zach at different points and questioned who is Zach trying to blame after some of their losses in the last year or so. Uh, you know, Zach Levine and his time here with the Chicago Bulls, I would imagine it's not going to be long before he has moved on to somewhere else. DeMar DeRozan isn't going to play tonight. He's out for personal reasons. Uh, but the Bulls host the Magic, and the latest is, would you be interested in Zion Williamson if that's the place that they, the Pelicans say, yeah, we're interested in Zach. Give us Zach, Patrick Williams, something else, make the money work, and you get back Zion Williamson. Is that a big enough name to change the direction of the franchise, good or bad, but like to pivot to a new direction, have a new focus for the Chicago Bulls, and, and to allow people to actually give a damn about this team? Because right now, they are 12th in the Eastern Conference. They're promoting continuity of a group that can't win and this is where we're at i i feel like zion williamson will at least give a little juice a little excitement to the team i uh, i say yes just because i don't think you're getting back a good enough pick like what they've been saying about the teams you know miami they're going to be if they get levine i mean they were championship contender last year so why wouldn't they be this year? You know, they're going to be right there in the mix. So my point is you're getting crappy picks, right? Like, if you trade them to the Lakers, what is it, 20, 
26 is their next pick? Well, 2026 is their next first-round pick that they own. But to to your point, they're trying to make the playoffs, so the Lakers will not be in the lottery. So you're you're not trading Zach Levine for a lottery pick. He's played. See what I'm saying? Like they're they're probably going to finish somewhere in the teens. My problem with Zion is obviously the health. He started 24 games in his first year, 61 after that. He was did not play all of 2021 and 2022 like that season. 2022 he played 29 games, and this year he's played in nine games. Like. That's the problem. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, huge if. The only thing I would and you're point tied out to him for four more years is when Zion is out there yeah. in the two seasons where he played sixty-one games and then the twenty-nine when he was out there for thirty-three minutes a night, he was averaging twenty-seven points per game. Yeah, he was giving you anywhere from seven to eight rebounds a night. He was giving you five assists. Yeah, he's giving you steals and blocks. Like when healthy. He is a hell of a player, and he's the type of player, if healthy, you could parlay into convincing others to want to be around. You mentioned it. It's all about the health. That's it. If Zion can stay healthy and in shape, he is a good young player who's only 23 years old. The Bulls won't do it. They're already dealing with enough health issues with ball. Like, they're not going to do it with Lonzo. They're not going to do it. They're not. I mean, if that was on the table, I don't think they'd do it. Because you could say, oh, well, listen, Zion gets butts in seats, but he only gets butts in seats for 29 games, for 60 games. He's only played 61 as his high. Like, that's not good enough for me. I need something that I would, I'd be happier with future assets and expiring contracts. Ooh. Than that, because at least you free up. I, I don't up. think you're getting a bigger star back. No, 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 absolutely not. You're not getting a bigger star back. But I just worry about the health. What if he comes here and he injures himself again and he only plays in three games or something like that? Like, it'd be bad. Aaron in Missouri, you're listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Aaron? Yo, Blake, what's up? Yo, Abdallah! Chase? <laughs> what's up, Aaron? <laughs> Check it out. Y'all had y'all Mitchell and Desplains yesterday, so I said I'll shoot my shot at being the next Mitchell and the, you I like will, it. Uh, take. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Now nah. take now take three minutes to ask your question. Nah, nah, I'm gonna be quick though. <laughs> uh I hope I hope y'all can hear me clear. Um do you think with uh back and forth with uh Zach Levine and the Bulls management that his trade value went down, like what little trade value he had? Say that again, Aaron. Do you think since the word got out that Zach Levine and the Bulls are willing to do a trade? His value has gone down. Oh, no. Yeah. You, you know what? why the value has gone down? is His shooting percentage this year. He's shooting yeah. way below his, his traditional uh, average from the field and from three well, points. Yeah, no, that, that's why. No, that's I don't think saying, so. Right? I think just because teams know that he's available, like the Bulls don't have to trade him. <laughs> he hasn't de- quote demanded a trade yet. No, like we haven't yet. got the report that that he said he wants out. He's not playing or whatever it is. Like we haven't gotten that report yet. So until we do, the Bulls still hold all the cards because they don't have to deal him if they don't get the right offer. I, I think it's I, I think it's uh, a scary situation because if <clears throat> if you put yourself. In AK's uh, shoes, you already look at how people around the league talk about Zach Levine not sticking defense. So that's one uh, mark against him. And then now he wants to be traded. 
that's another mark against him. And like you said, his shooter percentages. He can't even finish at the rim like he used to. He's dribbling balls off the side of his foot. Like, what's up with his ball <laughs> handling for two? $215 million. Oh, like, Aaron. I'm not counting another man's money, but good Lord. Aaron, like, I've been what, talking what, about that for years. I'm Sloppy counting. handles to the rim. That's been his MO. That's been his game. Well, how about this? What would you say would be the the least package that you would accept? Like, what? Man, I'm talking about second rounders almost right now. Oh, no, yeah, you need a first round at least for Zach Levine, if not mm-hmm. a, a star player in swap. But, yeah, thanks for the call, Aaron. Appreciate you. Thanks. So, I mean, you look at the numbers for Zach Levine from last year. He shot 37% from three. This year he's shooting 30%. Last year from the field he was shooting 48%. This year he's shooting 40%. He is dropped in all of his numbers across the board, and the Bulls are also off to a bad start mm-hmm. uh, here in the early going. So 312-332-3776. Chase on the south side. Hello, Chase. Hey. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Chase, did you hear the last caller? Yeah, I heard. I heard him. I, I, I heard him. I knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, I'm not even going to comment on that. What was he doing? Uh, you know what he was doing. He's trying to imitate me. I knew exactly what he was doing. But uh, 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 the reason why I was calling, I was actually going to talk yes. about the Bears, but, you know, since how you talk about the Bulls. So I got to ask you this question, Black. Yeah. Um, so who do you think gets fired first? Eberflus, um, uh, Billy Donovan, or uh, Pedro Gafal? Between those three, who do you think gets fired? Because, honestly, truth. I know there are a lot of people saying that Billy Donovan isn't at fault, but I think he needs he needs to be held accountable just as much as anything because this team, if you look at the years he's been here, he's only been to the playoff once. And I know he doesn't have a whole lot around him. I know he hasn't had a lot of help. But I have to hold him accountable as far as player development. I mean, Patrick Williams is getting worse. He's regressed since he's been here. Um, I don't see any development from any of the young other guys. Like, I assume seems like he's not developing either. Dalen, what do you call him? Dancing Dalen? Is that his nickname? The Dalen guy that Terry, he, yeah. He spent, the, spent the first round pick on, he can't even see the floor. I mean, but he plays like six minutes a game. Well, no, you can, even you can any... see him play Hoffman Estates. Yeah, and he, yeah, exactly. And it, well, here's what I don't understand, though, right? So, if you got these young guys who obviously they can't play right now, why not just send them? Why not send a guy like Patrick Williams or uh, a guy like Dalen Terry to the G League and get better instead of just having them just rotting on the bench or just sitting on the corner? I just he, don't he understand what the, the plan is. He he goes out there to the Hoffman Estates and plays in the G League. No, I'm talking about Patrick Williams. Oh, Patrick he, he Williams. Just, well, he just he just looks lost out there. He doesn't look like he's playing with any confidence. And my whole thing is this though, right? So I'm thinking. By the Bulls trading Zach and then removing him, will that open? And they maybe even possibly moving Demar. Could that open the possibility of maybe Patrick Williams finally? They telling him, okay, this is your time now to show us what you got. Kind of no, like how we were saying, no, no, no. Patrick Williams, it's just not going to happen. This is not a situation where he needs the others to move out of the way so he can cook. He's not cooking anything. No, that's not working. Thanks for the call, Chase. All right, guys, have a good one. Abdallah, your thoughts on Chase's call? He didn't ask me a question. He said, I have a question for you, Black. I know. <laughs> but you, you see what I'm saying? This isn't a situation where there's too much talent in front of Patrick Williams, and once you you move the talent out of the way, Patrick Williams is going to be a star. It's just not working. No, he's not. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
they thought that they were drafting the next Kawhi Leonard. Remember that? Oh, that, yeah. That draft? That's what yeah. I was told. Yeah. That, that people oh, over yeah. there thought uh-huh. that they were drafting the next Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. It's not going to happen. Nope. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Welcome to here on ESPN 1000. We have the song of the night coming up in just a moment here on ESPN 1000. Yeah, we have sports debates here on the station all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. And we don't score points for being right when we have a, a correct take. We should. Or opinion. Like, there's no scoreboard, right? Like, that's what I always laugh about, uh, you know, the, the Shams and Woj rivalry in NBA news breaking. Like, there's no scoreboard giving you points, like one point to Woj, one point to Sham, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, Mark Stein gets one, boop, he gets a point. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, no one's keeping score of this stuff. Uh, but when we have opinions on players or debates, like, it sticks in the back of your mind, right? I was thinking about this last night. I need to text uh, Jordan Cornette because I think I, I need to say to him that I was wrong. Okay. And, and it, it goes back to the conversation we were having five minutes ago about Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. For that draft, the 2020 draft, uh, we still here at the station had a show called Cap and Company. And Jordan Cornette would be a part of the company, right? Yeah. On Cap Show, the old show before it turned into Cap and Jay Hood in the mornings. And that's what you listen to now here on ESPN 1000. I distinctly remember arguing at length with Jordan Cornette over Patrick Williams in the 2020 draft. And the guy that Jordan kept pointing to that he wanted who he said was going to be a stud, who I said that I don't think his game is going to translate, was Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. I was wrong. You were wrong. Tyrese Halliburton is an absolute stud. Where Colin was wrong. Well, I'm I'm just saying, I you remember these debates you have yeah, with people. Of course, of course. And of course. I remember that Jordan, like, steadfast. Halliburton is going to be great. I love his moxie. I love the way he plays. He's a winner. That's absolutely, George's right. That's absolutely the type of kid that he is. The Pacers, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, it's early to this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Halliburton is a stud. And could you imagine if the Bulls would have drafted Halliburton instead of Patrick Williams? Well, I mean, listen, how much of a better situation the Bulls would be in right now? He only, you know, does cover college basketball for a living. No, I know he does. And I wasn't I wasn't trying to not at the time I wasn't trying to knock his I know, credentials. I know, at the time I, I just thought that there was more of an upside for a player like Patrick Williams mm-hmm. than Tyrese Halliburton. But Jordan was boy was he right on that one. Yeah. Because Halliburton has been fantastic. Yeah. Hasn't he played like multiple games, no turnovers, but yeah. he's had like he'd sixty be, points and like twenty so assists. much better on this Bulls team right yeah, now. Of yeah, of course. This yeah. team would have hope and promise yeah. with a point guard like that Absolutely. running the show. It'd be great. I need to text Jordan at some point and be like, hey, man, I was wrong on Halliburton. You nailed that. But I know people don't remember the the, the debates, and, the, and we don't have a scoreboard to look and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Black got that one wrong. <laughs> well, added, the, the other all-timer that I got wrong was uh, Johnny Manziel. 
That's the only other time? No, I'm, I'm just saying that was one where I thought he was going to be good. He okay. was terrible. He was. I was wrong. It's Blocking Up Doll. It's time for the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because Dying. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ex- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Blocking Up Doll's song of the night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song, we go to Be Real, Coolio, Method Man, LL Cool J, Buster Rhymes, Hit Them High. Greeting, Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. From 1997, it's your song of the night. Soundtrack. Oh, there you go, Abdallah. On November the 15th, 1996, Space Jam was released nationwide in theaters. A film starring Bugs Bunny, the Looney Tunes, and one Michael Jordan. And this song was on the soundtrack. If you look up the soundtrack on Spotify or yeah. whatever, you cannot find this song. It is not available. It is like shadowed out. You could only listen to like three or four songs off the soundtrack. This is one oh, that they don't you have the rights. Cannot listen to. I guess not. They made a full music video. What do you, what do you call it? Um, Hype Williams made the music video for this. Like they're all in it. They're all playing basketball. Like That's it's great. got Be Real. It's got Busta, Coolio, L Cool J, Method Man. Like this is a as part of the soundtrack. The one song, the other song we can't play. Um, this was like the other hit single it was supposed to be the hit single off the soundtrack it did not hit in america chris but overseas oh they loved it overseas it went up to number eight in the uk and number one in norway well they're a big fan and and so i don't respect or acknowledge the new space jam that was released no, crap what was it two years ago with crap lebron sandwich. james crap sandwich uh yeah i'm not in on that but i'll give credit to jordan to Wayne Knight, yeah. to Bill Murray, to Charles Barkley, Muggsy yeah. Bogues, yeah. Sean Bradley, yeah. Patrick Ewing, yeah. Larry Johnson. That was a film. It was fun. You had cartoons, you had humans, all together playing hoops yeah. to and, save the planet. And the soundtrack was awesome. The soundtrack was really good. This song's a banger. It should have been better. I mean, this was also the absolute height of Jordan's popularity oh, yeah. and celebrity yeah. in the world. And when we were coming up with this, you were surprised it came out in November. And I was like, well, well why? It's basketball season and it's the holidays. Yeah, of course it came out in, the, like in November. It was like a summer deal. I remember going to see this in the theater. 
that year. I'm guessing I did. I, I don't. Re- I don't have a memory. Oh, of I that. remember seeing it in the theater. I remember going with my mom and my sister and seeing this movie in the theater. I mean, there's nothing. But at that time in 1996, yeah. there was nothing bigger than Michael Jordan. No, absolutely that not. That was the most important thing in everyone's lives. Yeah. And it, it's almost like, imagine a Taylor Swift mania right now, but yeah. like on 10. Yeah. Without the social media engagement. So you just had to watch the news for your Jordan <laughs> information. So there you go. Hit them high from the Space Jam soundtrack. Busta, LL Cool J, Method Man, Coolio, Be Real. 1997 song of the night. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night.